This podcast is intended for healthcare professionals. The information presented is for general educational purposes only and should not be used as professional medical advice or for the diagnosis or treatment of medical conditions. The views and opinions expressed do not represent the views and opinions of our employer or any affiliated institution. Expressed opinions are based on scientific facts under certain conditions and subject to certain assumptions and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including but not limited to the diagnosis or treatment of medical conditions or in any legal proceeding. Full terms and conditions can be found at portablebeads.com. And now onto the episode. Welcome back to Portable Peds, the pediatric board review podcast. Today starts our month on newborn medicine, and as a bonus, we're going to have two episodes this week, and we'll be learning all about neonatal jaundice. I am joined by my co-host, Ryan. Hi. So let's go ahead and get started. A four-week-old infant is brought into your primary care office. She was born at 39 weeks and six days via an uncomplicated home delivery, and she missed her newborn appointment. Mom received appropriate prenatal care, and the pregnancy was uncomplicated. The child's birth weight was appropriate for age, and she has been breastfeeding well. She has continued to gain weight along the 30th percentile, and she has had no fevers or other signs of illness. On exam, the child is markedly jaundiced with prominent icteric sclera. You notice that she has a firm, palpable liver, and she has no dysmorphic features or murmurs on her exam. She has a stool in the office, which is a pasty white color. So you check a serum total bili, which is notable for direct hyperbilirubinemia. You also obtain an abdominal ultrasound, which is notable for a triangular fibrous mass at the porta hepatis. What is the most likely diagnosis? A. Colidocal cyst. B. Physiologic jaundice. C. Allergial syndrome. D. Biliary atresia. Or E. Galactosemia. Take a couple seconds and think about your answer. So the correct answer is D. Biliary atresia. Now, biliary atresia is a form of direct hyperbilirubinemia. The definition of a direct hyperbilirubinemia can vary depending on the lab system you're working with. In some systems, a direct bilirubin of more than 20% of the total serum bilirubin is considered abnormal. However, in other systems, any direct bilirubin greater than 1 mg per deciliter is considered abnormal. Due to this variability, the North American and European Societies for Pediatric Gastroenterology, Hepatology, and Nutrition recommend that any infant with a direct bilirubin greater than 1 mg per deciliter is referred for further evaluation. Extrahepatic biliary atresia is the most common cause of neonatal cholestasis. It typically presents with jaundice between 3 to 6 weeks of age. These patients will typically have pasty white or acolic stools, and it's completely necessary to refer them to a gastroenterologist as early as possible. The ultrasound findings described in the question are suggestive of biliary atresia, but they are not diagnostic. The primary purpose of an ultrasound is actually to rule out a colidocal cyst, which was answer choice A. A normal ultrasound does not rule out biliary atresia. A liver biopsy is actually what you need to make the diagnosis. It is diagnostic in 90 to 95% of cases and will demonstrate large duct obstruction, portal tract edema, bile ductular proliferation, and the presence of bile plugs in the bile ductules. Patients will then need to undergo intraoperative cholangiogram followed by a hepatoporterenterostomy CASI procedure, which will allow bile to drain into the intestine. The younger the patient is at the time of this procedure, the higher the success rate. If patients are not treated, they will most likely die from liver failure by two years of age. Now, I mentioned colidocal cysts. Ryan, can you tell me a little bit more about that? 
Yeah, cholelocal cysts are cystic dilatations of the bile duct, which actually lead to obstruction and bile retention, which in turn leads to jaundice and liver enlargement. There are five different types based on the site of the cyst or dilation, and they can be identified on ultrasound, and the treatment is surgical. The next answer choice was talking about physiologic jaundice, and this is incorrect for several reasons. First, all jaundice that persists past two weeks of life requires further investigation. Second, physiologic jaundice results in indirect hyperbilirubinemia, which is actually our next case. But in this case, the patient had direct hyperbilirubinemia, which always requires further investigation. This is why it's essential to always obtain a fractionated serum total bilirubin, and you cannot rely solely on transcutaneous bilirubin monitoring. So Liz, you want to talk more about our remaining answer choices? Sure. So the next answer choice was allergial syndrome. This is also less likely in this patient. While these patients do present with jaundice and acolic schools, there are several other features you need to look for on physical exam. These include a dysmorphic facies, which has a prominent broad forehead, deep-set eyes, and a triangular chin, congenital heart disease, which most commonly presents as pulmonary stenosis, short stature and hypogonadism, and finally, abnormalities of the eyes, kidneys, and vertebra. Most typically, you will see butterfly vertebra in these patients. This syndrome is inherited in an autosomal dominant fashion with variable penetrance and expressivity. In contrast to biliary atresia, their liver size is normally normal in the neonatal period. Histology will demonstrate a paucity of normal intralobular bile ducts and are progressively lost with age. Our last answer choice was galactosemia. We'll talk more about this in our episode related to inborn errors of metabolism, but this is an unlikely etiology in this patient given the fact that they are overall clinically well-appearing. Infants with metabolic disorders or infections as the cause of their cholestatic jaundice are typically ill-appearing and slow to gain weight. Well, that's it for this episode. Check out our website at portablepeds.com or check us out on social media at portablepeds on Facebook or Twitter. Special shout out to Zach Goldman for creating the artwork on our social media and website. See you guys next week. Happy studying. <laughs>